What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out. What do you got? All right, people, listen up. Actually, college students, listen up. So, Cap, maybe you too, because, you know, you got college kids. Right. So, you may have a way to get $10,000 for your studies. Free. Okay, so government news that government can't speak. Newsom introduced a new program called Californians for All College Corps, which will start fall of 2022. So, you know, your girl is not going to be a part of it. It will be 6,500 students that will be deployed to part-time work areas like K-12 that needs help, climate change, and food insecurity. So in exchange for 450 hours of your service, you can receive $10,000 towards your education. Can someone do the math on that real quick? Ten thousand divided by four fifty. What does that come out to? Damn, Anybody man, just take the ten grand. Why you got to make it complicated? Well, no, we'll just you got to <laughs> just do the math. You can get and you get academic credit for your work. Oh, so if you guys want more information, you can visit CaliforniaVolunteers.ca.gov. If you're a student or you're a parent of a student that may want to see and check it out, and maybe you can get ten grand towards your studies. Yeah. So what are we dividing ten thousand by four hundred fifty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's $22.2. Okay, so that's so then $22 an hour. And so yeah. if you think to yourself you can make more than $22 an hour, you go get a different job. And if you don't, then you say, okay, this is a really good deal. Laura, I was just having this exact conversation with my daughter at Boise State. Mm-hmm. She was telling me that she applied for this like student work program. They'll take $2,700 yeah, off of her tuition. And she was talking about janitorial services. And I said, wow. I said, really? You, you, would you do that? And she said, hey, for 2700 bucks plus $11 an hour. And I went, well, do the math. You know, just figure out how much that's going to be. And then say, can I get a job making more than that? And if you can't, then do it. I mean, I just, I feel like it's a great way for you to help your community as a student, especially right now with COVID. Like, I just had my graduation check because I'm graduating this semester. And I told the counselor, I was like, I don't feel a part of this community and this school. And it sucks because I went to school during COVID. So I feel that if you can get involved within your school and then on top of it within your community and you get paid and you get credit, I mean, it's win, 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 and win. Yeah. Four yeah. wins. CaliforniaVolunteers.ca.gov. It's very cool. cool. Very, go. very cool. I hope a lot of people out there hear that and go, that's an awesome piece of information. I needed to know that. There you go. What you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So Bruce Feldman's going to join us in a second. So if you don't know what the hell's going on, uh, he just tweeted out literally a few moments ago uh, that if, according to his sources, if Harbaugh was offered the Raiders job, he would take it. So I want to kind of get some we'll, – we'll dig here three or four questions with Bruce about some stuff. I do want to ask him one USC question uh, if we have a second too, just kind of Lincoln Riley, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But – because, um, you know, Bruce is like the foremost like insider when it comes to college football, too. So but I, I think this is the no brainer to me. Right. Like I said, there there's a I had a list for the Raiders. It was Harbaugh one and then Flores two. Like that to me was one, two. Um, and to me, there was a drop off from Harbaugh to Flores. But I would have those two in my in 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 my purview. Is yeah, he there? I buy, Laura? I buy it. All right. So let's go to Bruce Feldman. Uh, Fox Sports, The Athletic, by the way, as I've always said, support journalism, whether it's the L.A. Times or The Athletic. Uh, subscribe to these services and support real journalism. Bruce is the best in the business at breaking uh, college football news, and he's here with us now. And thank you, Bruce, for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. So, 
I mentioned the story uh, that you just posted that if Harbaugh is offered the Vegas job, according to your sources, uh, he would take it. Uh, what has led you to that or your sources to that particular conclusion at the moment? Well, I, from what I was told, and this is in the last uh, 36 hours, and this was multiple people at Michigan, they think Jim would take it. Now, here's the, here's the caveat with this is they're not, you know, it's not like Jim has told them, hey, if they offer me, I'm out. That's not what this is. It is, and this is how I was very careful how I worded it. They think he would take it. They think gotcha. from a timing standpoint, remember, Jim Harbaugh has never been anywhere before Michigan longer than four years. He's now been there seven years, and the timing of it in terms of finally beat Ohio State, finally led his alma mater to a Big Ten title, first time in 17 years. They finished in the number three in the country. The timing might be, okay, he's 58 years old. You know, the people who are pretty close to him have told me they think he, at some point, wants to go back to the NFL. And at 58, this might be an ideal time for him because, remember, he started his coaching career with the Raiders. From what I'm told, he is still very good relationship with Mark Davis, the owner. They have a good quarterback, which is obviously, you know, a sticking point for a lot of guys looking at a franchise. They, they were in the playoff. Like, this is a pretty good team. On top of it, you just have the news where they just fired the GM. So we'll see what the Raiders do on this going forward. I mean, there's a few other jobs that are out there that he could have ties to. Um, but that's the one also, by the way, he met his wife in Las Vegas. I mean, there's, you know, some family connections there on that front. There's just a lot of stuff that I think adds to the intrigue of this situation. Um, and we'll see what happens, what, what the Raiders decide to do and if they come after him. But I can tell you this, because a lot of times when people hear of coaching intrigue like this, they just immediately assume, oh, there's an agent behind this story. That's not where this is coming from. There's a, I don't even know who Jim Harbaugh's agent would be right now. Um, <laughs> I don't even know who it is. So right. it's, that's not where it's coming from. So uh, it's guys who are, who've you know, been around them a lot in the last year who think that he may be ready to make the move if it's a good opportunity that comes, up, comes knocking. Yeah, Bruce, I think it is. I mean, you mentioned that Harbaugh has never been anywhere longer than four years. I would tell you that I think Harbaugh didn't expect to be at Michigan beyond four years. I think, to your point, it was we have to be able to beat Ohio State. We have to be a team that's considered for or gets into the playoff. And now he can go to the unfinished business he has in the NFL, and he can look himself in the mirror and say, I didn't leave Michigan in a bad spot. I left Michigan in the best spot. So I think this is the time for Harbaugh to jump back into the NFL. Yeah, and that's a lot of people who I think, you know, are at Michigan kind of can see that. I think what adds to it here is Jim Harbaugh's kind of a rare college coach who has been successful, who, like, after what just happened with Urban Meyer and it was a complete debacle with the Jaguars, I think NFL owners will look at it and go, man, this guy, no matter how successful he was in college, you know, who knows how he would do in the NFL because he's never done it. That's not Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh spent a long time as a quarterback in the NFL. He was an assistant there, as I said, with the Raiders. And then he was, like, extremely successful. I mean, people may have forgotten how bad the 49ers were. I think they got eight seasons without a winning season before he showed up. And then year two, yep. they're, in, they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, he was 44-19 and 19 in four years. 
so I think on that standpoint, they know he knows what he's doing. And at least from the Raiders standpoint, they know he know they know him. They know what he's like. They also have a connection to him in the organization. I think there's more of a trust factor going in than for some of these owners. If they're looking at new coaches, they're like, they're projecting what they think these guys would do if they given the keys to the, to the organization. Bruce Feldman with us here, Fox Sports, The Athletic, uh, the premier guy when it comes to breaking college football news. Um, real quick, I have a, a, a question um, in regards to USC before you go, but one last one on Harbaugh because we don't have a lot of time. Um, I feel like Michigan has peaked too. Like it, He has to know that getting them to the college football playoff is probably going to be – the the top of what Michigan can do in today's landscape in college football. I mean, Michigan, for being a blue blood, they don't win a lot, as we know, Bruce. Like, not championships. They get a lot of wins, but not a lot of championships on their resume. Um, does Is there a sense that this is as far as they can go anyway? I don't know if you have a guy like him who seems to be the ultimate competitor and thinks, hey, we can do anything, because nobody thought – I mean, remember, when he took over Stanford, that was arguably the worst program in major college football amongst the power conferences. And then, you know, not only did he upset USC as like a 43-point underdog, like out of the gate, but then by year four, they're a top-four program. So I don't, I think his, you know, imagination or his will is probably different than most coaches. But anybody who watched that Orange Bowl game, I mean, they got manhandled and they got blown off the field. I think what is also kind of you know worth adding to this in terms of the context is a lot of these other programs have been super active in the portal michigan's really not that way and so i again they beat a team in ohio state that has much you know more four and five star guys and they were able to do that this year and they did it handily but you know i think like you said getting them to the playoff you know winning the big 10 title beating ohio state I think that would be a good one for him to go out on. I think he could probably walk away knowing, hey, I, I took over my alma mater. I, I walked away as a Big Ten champ, led him to the playoff, whipped Ohio State. I mean, he did pretty much everything but win a national title there. Right. He could walk away and feel good about it. Hey, Bruce, before you go, George mentioned uh, USC. Just give us your opinion on the Lincoln-Riley impact. I and mean, I think we've already seen it in recruiting, but what your short-term expectations are. I mean, he's getting it done, not just recruiting, but because he has a track record in the portal. I think he has got a lot of guys and we'll see, you know, we expect him at some point to land Caleb Williams and reunite with him, the star quarterback from OU. He's got a bunch of other guys who who came around. Now, I think short term, let's say they do get Caleb. I think, you know, he's been good everywhere he's been on offense, especially in the last five or six years. The challenge is the roster he takes over is not a top 15 kind of roster. I mean, that program was in disarray. There's some good players, but there's no like, it's not anything like, oh, this is average by USC standards. I mean, a lot of those position rooms need serious uh, work. And you have a new staff. I think it's going to take, it's a good staff, but I think it's going to take some time. Even if you get some, a bunch of, uh, you know, infuse a lot of talent. I don't think they automatically go in, even if Caleb Williams is there as a starting quarterback. I don't think they go from a team that couldn't even make a bowl, a, a bowl game and got blown out by UCLA late in the year to all of a sudden they can be a playoff contender. Not, I don't think, in year one, but I do think they could 
you know, be a top 15 team because Lincoln Riley will give them an identity. And that is something USC has lacked for a long, long time. And I think they can sell it. They are selling it. And I think there's a lot of reason for optimism if you're a USC fan right now. There he is, Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports, The Athletic. Check out his work at both places. He does a phenomenal job. He's the best in the business at covering college football. Bruce, thanks for coming on on short notice, man. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You got it, man. There he is. All right, so a lot of cool stuff there. Um, We can unpack some of it on the other side. Uh, I do want to get into something uh, that Sean McVay said about your boy, Kaplan Tom Brady. He ain't scared. He ain't scared is what I'm saying. Hey, and let me tell you something. I have a crazy, crazy, crazy Jim Harbaugh story to tell you based on something that Bruce just mentioned about his wife. I have a crazy Jim Harbaugh story to tell you. All right, crazy. We're getting crazy on the other side. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. What a great song. I mean, Stevie's got so many, but I used to yeah. love Eddie Murphy doing Stevie Wonder on SNL. Yeah. Love that. Um, you know, I've made the I, – I, I have relayed the commentary – uh, my buddy Bomani Jones at ESPN yeah. uh, believes that, that Stevie can see a little more than he lets on. And you know what? <laughs> I, I remember having this conversation many years ago when I did the morning show with Key and LZ, and I, I showed them a video. Like, there was a video of Stevie at, like, it was at some, like, gala where there was a bunch of famous, like, musical artists on stage, and the, uh, the microphone, like, pole. You know that like a like like what is that called like where they like you put the microphone in the stand yeah like a mic stand yeah there you go um, was tipped over in front of Stevie and Stevie whipped out his right hand and caught it and I was like whoa I'm like Bomani was like showed me that I was like maybe you're right like uh, maybe you can see more than he let than he lets on and <laughs> like man people were mad at me that day but it's like hey man look at this video like that's you know, great I'm just saying you know? <laughs> that's hilarious. Don't kill the messenger. I'm just saying. You know? That's funny. Hey, but, let me tell you. Let me tell you a crazy Jim Harbaugh story ahead, before quickly, we get back yes. to it. You ready? Let me yeah. tell you the story. Yeah. So um, I've known Jim Harbaugh for many years, George, and um, a few, this is going back. To hold on, hold year. on, hold on. Yeah. Did he just Pick flex on us? Yeah, Pick he just up. flexed on us. Yeah, yeah. yeah he oh no. Us right oh wait, now. I'm gonna flex <laughs> way more. Oh wait, yeah, Lindsay, yeah. it gets better. You're gonna love this. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, go ahead. He flexed on us. So, so the year that USC played Texas in the Rose Bowl. Right, right, 2004, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got into a car. Lindsay, get ready. I'm flexing him. I got into a limousine with oh. Jim Harbaugh in uh-huh. San Diego. He was the coach at the University of San Diego, Division One AA non-scholarship football program. Yeah. And he put these guys on the map. And I got into a limousine with Jim Harbaugh, yeah. and we drove, me and him and two other guys, we drove to the Rose Bowl. We get out, and, um, you know, he former NFL star quarterback. A lot of people recognize him, right? So we walk into the Rose Bowl. We, we watch the game, and, um, and we leave. Okay, no problem. He winds up becoming the coach of the 49ers. This is years later. So, again, you're in a limo with somebody for a long time. You get to know them. Um, I also did some TV work with Jim Harbaugh. What I'm getting at is I want you to understand I have a relationship with the guy, right? 
So I show up to do a, a football game for CBS, and I tell Kevin Harlan and uh, Rich Gannon, we're going into these production meetings, I go, guys, I know Harbaugh pretty well. I mean, I've, I've known him for a long time. I went to this I Rose was in the limo game. with him. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we're in these production meetings, and I'm oh, at one boy. end of the table, and Harbaugh's at the other end of the table, and these yeah. guys are looking at me like, Harbaugh doesn't know who you are, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does not know who you are. We get to the end of the production meeting, and Harbaugh has never said one word like, yo, Kaplan, what's going on, man? Nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He looks down at the end of the table, this very end. He goes, oh, hey, before we go, he goes, hey, Kaplan. I'm like, yeah, coach. He said, you remember that day we went to the Rose Bowl? I go, yeah. He goes, do you know that I met my wife because of that night? I said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Just like Bruce was saying, he was in Vegas. He meets this woman, and she's like, oh, yeah, I was just at the Rose Bowl game. He goes, I was at the Rose Bowl game, too. He shows her a picture from where he was sitting. She shows him a picture from where she was sitting. They were sitting like two seats away. She was on the other side of Jim Gray. So Harbaugh like, acts like he doesn't know me, and then five minutes later winds up telling me a story. I met my wife because she was sitting two seats down from you and me at the Rose Bowl. He's a very strange, peculiar guy, um, Harbaugh. But I'll tell you this. Um, you put him with the Raiders, uh, he's the right kind of attitude and the right kind of um he, he's just the, the right sort of guy for the raider organization to take him to the next level i would love to see it go down yes for anybody that's tweeting me that i'll become the biggest raider fanboy you're right i will i love jim harbaugh okay there you go um so he now a triple flex there by you yes it um, was a big flex big 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 <laughs> Hey, so real quick, speaking of big flex, yeah. now Lindsay brought this up to me about Sean McVay. What did what did Sean McVay um, say, Lindsay, today about Kaplan's boyfriend Tom Brady? So I believe the exact quote was, "Ask you know, someone asked if they feared the Rams feared Tom Brady, and McVay said that the Rams have tremendous respect for, but not fear of Tom Brady." Which okay. I think I think they should be scared of him. I'd be scared of Tom Brady. <laughs> he has their number. I don't think you should be scared of anybody if you're the Rams. Well, when you say he has their number, what do you mean, Linz? I don't know. It just seems like they haven't. I mean, just seems like they haven't really. They've struggled against Tom Brady in the past. If memory serves me correctly. Well, they did. They lost the Super Bowl to Tom Brady, and you know Sean McVay saying that he's respectful but not fearful. Remember how starstruck Sean McVay was talking to Bill Belichick on the field before that Super Bowl game? He's admitted it, by the way. Um, but but I got to say, and George, this has been kind of something you've been hanging your hat on the last couple of days, is that the Rams have beaten the Buccaneers twice in the last two seasons during the regular season. They did it with Jared Goff. They did it with Matthew Stafford. So they have beaten this Tampa Bay team or this Tampa Bay team twice in the last two years during the regular season. But the question remains, can they do it in the postseason? Regular season, different world. Playoffs, different speed, man. Whole different world. Yeah, no, I get it. I I, I agree. But sometimes matchups are matchups. Regular season, postseason. And here's the thing. If you're the Rams, you shouldn't be afraid of anybody. Not only because you've had their number, but because you're pretty damn good yourself. Okay. Um, and, and here's the other part of the equation. It's a dilapidated version of the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're missing two out of three of their best wide receivers. And the one right wide receiver in Mike Evans is banged up. Both their running backs are banged up. 
A couple of guys in their defense are banged up. They're missing Tristan Wirfs, right? These guys, that's a big part of their offensive line protecting Brady. Like, this Tampa team is not even the team they faced earlier this season. So, of course, you shouldn't be afraid in general because you're good um, and you're both paid professionals on the other side. So I'm with Sean McVay. But the reality is this is a winnable game based on a Tampa team that just isn't what it was even a few weeks ago. It is a winnable game. By the way, whoever asked the question, okay, and I don't know who asked it, um, do you fear Tom Brady? That's a stupid question. I mean, I'm just going to tell you that's dumb. You know, that's like saying, hey, do you fear Aaron Rodgers? Do you fear Patrick Mahomes? I mean, you don't fear them. You respect them as a player, but you don't fear them. I mean, I thought earlier in the season when uh, LeBron got into that shoving match, what's that kid's name, George? I think he plays for Detroit. I never heard of the guy before. I still don't know who he is now. He didn't fear LeBron James. He respected him. Oh, Isaiah Stewart. He wasn't, he wasn't fearful of LeBron. I mean, th- I really think fear, um, do, you, do you fear Aaron Donald? Well, I'm 6'5", 330. I realize what a great player he is, but I'm not afraid of the guy. Fear. That is kind of a dumb question. I don't know who asked it, but, you know. Yeah, and by the way, if you're listening because you asked it, you know, it's not a personal insult. It's just a dumb question. I don't think it's a dumb question. But I think if you ask, if you ask, like I, I don't know, if you ask someone if they fear Aaron Donald, I think a lot of people would say, "Yeah, man, I do." Really? You think a lot yeah. of offensive linemen be like, "Oh my God, I am so afraid of Aaron Donald that I will not play this week." I'm actually. I hurt. don't think they're going to say that, but I'd say, yeah, there's definitely a level of fear he puts into his opponents. You know, um, I'm so afraid of Aaron Donald. I'm going to pee in my pants. I mean, what are we talking about here? These are yeah. See, men. that's exactly what they're going to say, Cap. You're right. Well, I, mean, I don't go that far. I mean, yeah, fear. But- Fear I mean, guy. yeah. I mean, fear is a, is a strong word. I also would not fear him. Yes. Like I, I fear him, but but I look at me. I'm like a little, you know, nothing. You All know. Right. I mean, you are a little on... something. All right, Lens. What do you got? Well, earlier today, the NFL fined Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians fifty thousand dollars for swiping at the head of his own safety, Andrew Adams, on Sunday. Arians announced that he would appeal the fine. He said it ain't got nothing to do with the game, so we're good. Aaron's claims that he was trying to prevent Adams from pulling players off a pile, which is a penalty. Well, once this announcement was made that he was getting fined, Twitter went nuts, dividing fans in half. Uh, half of them seem to think that the fine's ridiculous, and then the other half thinks that it wasn't enough. So do you guys think, should Arians have been fined for whacking his player in the helmet during Sunday's game? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I'm going to swipe right. You know what? Um, if that were a high school game, that coach is probably fired. If that is a college game, like I'm talking a big-time college game seen on national TV, that coach could be in some major hot water. And it's an NFL game. And, and look, a lot of people were watching that game, and it just looked bad. You know, hey, he's a grown-up. You know, get in front of him. Talk to him. Don't be smacking him like he's a little kid. I don't mean to be so uptight about this stuff, but I saw it and I was like, gosh, that is, it just doesn't look really good. So I think finding him is something that the NFL had to do to slap him on the wrist to say, bro, that is unacceptable, non-professional behavior. Or uh, I'm going to swipe right as well, but I also, but I don't think like I watched it over and over and over and over and over again uh, because it, it, it never made the show, but it was supposed to be on around the horn today. And look, it's not like he, he didn't wind up and, like, swing at him. Like, he, he, he like, lunged his hand, open-handed, fingers spread apart, 
to try like you could tell he was trying to grab and what ended up happening was he grabbed and hit the helmet um so I, I don't think the intent was there to hit him in the head um but you probably lesson learned should learn to keep your hands to yourself um and if you're gonna pull anyone back grab them by the waist at the very least like you know what I mean like I, I don't know like I, I just think that if there's a lesson to be learned if you're Bruce Arians it's that like keep your hands to yourself or if you're gonna grab somebody Grab them, like, grab them and pull them away from the pile. Like, that's, like, so there is no misinterpretation of this. $50,000 is probably a small drop in the bucket. No, it is. Him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. What was that? I'm sorry. I just saw. I, these NBA refs, man, I've watched two games today where two guys have been thrown out of games and they just threw out Jimmy Butler out of a game for like literally nothing. Like, man, I thought uh, there was like a meteor or something that hit the no, air. No, <laughs> I thought I, someone cursed. <laughs> no, with these, uh, it's just the man, the NBA refs. I had this conversation. I'm not going to say which coach I had this conversation with, and it's not the Lakers coach or the Clippers coach, um, and uh, or not Miami's coach for that matter. Um, I had a coach uh, conversation with a coach about the officiating, and between COVID. And um, working and guys retiring, the NBA officiating has been bad this year because they they brought up a lot of different referees from the uh, from like the G League, and they're just not ready to this for this environment. It's bad. It's look. It almost cost the Lakers, right? Remember that Sacramento game, or it cost Sacramento, right? Like uh, Alvin Gentry is all furious about that game. So it's happened. Like this is. We've had a lot of these incidents, man. I don't know what the league's going to do. What's, but anyway, what's worse, NBA officiating or NFL officiating? Oh, NFL's been way I worse. Mean, my God, year. what happened this past weekend? Jeez. Yeah, well, I think it, you would say NFL only because the spotlight is bigger right now in the postseason. But I would say in its totality, the NBA officiating this season has not been great. And I look, I watch a lot of games and I've been to a lot of games and it's just, it's bad. It's bad. So... Lindsay, is that a flex, the way I flexed about my relationship with Jim Harbaugh, the way George just was like, yo, I watch a lot of games and I go to a lot of games? Does that count as a flex? No, no, because oh. No, because that's just a fact. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. different. Got it. Sorry. Yeah. All right, next one. Five flexes, that's all. Okay, yeah. so a California woman said that she would definitely eat sushi again even after she suffered from a severe stomach ache the day after binge eating at a sushi buffet. The 24-year-old woman reportedly ate 32 sushi rolls, Four, what is it, Geyza, Geyza, whatever that is. Gyoza? Um, Gyoza? Yeah, Gyoza, there you go. So good. Yeah, that's just like dumplings. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that um, what that is? A bowl, also yep. a bowl of edamame Wait. beans, two jalapeno poppers, and a bowl of miso soup during an all-you-can-eat night out. Mm -hmm. So she said that she was suffering from intense stomach and chest pain when she got home, so her family took her to the hospital where she was diagnosed with gastroesophageal reflux disease. <laughs> After this whole debacle, she posted a video about her experience and then proclaimed, this experience has not ruined sushi for me or the all-you-can-eat sushi experience. I will eat it again. Nice. Um, have you guys ever eaten so much of one thing that it made you physically ill? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Um, I'm trying to think. Some, you know what? I've had, like... I've been on the road, let's just say, for a game, and, like, the night before, like, sometimes the crew will go out to, like, a late dinner because people get in late into the city or whatever. So we've, like, let's just say I've been to, like, a steakhouse, and we've had sat down for dinner at, like, 11 o'clock, right? 
and big there's dinner. wine and there's big steak yeah. and big food, heavy food, super rich food, like, you know, like mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. like with like, you know, or like uh, twice baked potatoes, right? Like all that stuff that's like super heavy. Right. And having it that late at night, like bad oh. idea. Yeah. Oh. So it's it's happened to me a few times. Now, granted, the alcohol probably <laughs> played a bigger role in that. Um, but yeah, like it's happened for sure. I got to tell you, um, an all-you-can-eat sushi buffet nowadays doesn't sound so good, right? Um, everybody's touching it. and ugh. Anyway, um, remember how I complained a few weeks ago about the soda was too big at the movie theater? Yeah. That's, that's, this woman sounds like she's blaming the, uh, the buffet. Hey, they had so much food, I had to just keep eating. Now, look, I understand the mentality. You know, she wanted to get her money's worth, you well, know? Exactly. Sometimes you go to a buffet and you're like, this buffet is expensive. And you're like, you know what? I had first, second. I'm not done yet. I'm not hungry. I just got to get my money's worth. It sounds like that was the situation here. You know, Probably. she may have paid $25 for her buffet, and the next thing I you know, she got to eat $75. It was 50 bucks. So All right, now she I'll needs to it. eat 150 Listen, one time I ate so many red velvet cake balls that I will never eat red velvet cake again. Disgusting to me. So it happens. I think we've all got that food or like even alcohol that you can't ever touch again because you just were like, oh, went too far on that one. Jägermeister. Never oh, again. That, oh, that's me. That's mine awful. too. That's nasty. Oh, yeah. From my bartending days. They oh. used to always, customers would always buy shots of Jaeger and I'm like, oh, oh. this of all things. Right. It's like so never, again. never again. All right. One more really quick. So forget dogs and cats. Hamsters are quickly becoming the it pet. Hamsters have surged in popularity over the past two years, thanks in part to people's increasing desire to adopt pets during the pandemic. Well, a recent survey by the American Pet Association noted that 6.2 million American households keep a small animal as a pet, and that's up from 800,000 since 2019. And apparently, vets say that hamsters make great starter pets because their needs are fairly minimal, but they can also still form a solid bond with their owners. Would you guys get your child a hamster if they wanted one? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Swipe left. We've had that conversation, and it's not happening. So, (laughs) No, I understand. Hey, I'm swiping left also. However, I just want to say one thing. There will be no hamster in my house, but my daughter, Julia, who's 15 years old, she wants to get two goldfish. She wants them to live in bowls right next to each other, and she wants to name them D's and Nuts. So um, we think we're going to get two goldfish named D's Nuts. That's a weird one. I don't even know what to say. Ay, Dios mío. Siempre. Siempre. Always extra, go. bro. Always extra. Not me. Always She's extra. 15, you know? She, that's what she wants. Always extra. All right. One more, Lynn. All right. One more. Hold on. I'm going to pull my, my thing back up here. Mm-hmm. By the way, I had hamsters growing up, and I would not advise them for anybody no. because mm-hmm. we had one that escaped, and we never found it. Dude, and I swear yeah. to this day that there's like hamsters crawling in the walls at my mom's house, or a guinea I pig. Do don't do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't all right, so Shaq is super famous, and we all love watching him on the NBA and TNT. But he's no longer the only TV star in the family because his son Miles O'Neill is now a reality TV star. Miles can be seen on E's relatively famous Ranch Rules, where he's one of eight celebrity offspring working and living together on a ranch in Colorado. Well, the funny thing is, Shaq knew nothing about it. During a recent episode of the Big Big Podcast with Shaq, his co-host asked him about his son being on the reality show. Shaq said, what? Which one? I know nothing about it. 
He had no clue and said that Miles is a good kid. So if that's what he wants to do and learn the business and have some fun, he's all right with it. But I know if you're, his kids are full grown, but either way, if one of your kids stand up to be on a reality TV show, would you want them to ask or tell you first? Swipe left or swipe right? Cap. I will swipe right. Yes, I Yes, want you would them. allow them to be on a reality show. Yeah, but I, I, yes, I'd want them to talk to me about it first. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'd okay. like to know about it, wouldn't you? I don't yes, want to find I, out about I, it I, on We're in podcast. agreement there, but I would swipe left. I'm not letting any my family be on a reality show. It's not happening. What was I Shaq's it, reaction when he found out? He Well, he was surprised at first because he had no idea, and I think he was like just more surprised that he didn't know. But then he said he was a really good kid, and out of all his kids, that's the one he said, anything I've ever asked that kid to do, he's always done it. He gets good grades. He's a good kid. He doesn't get in trouble, so I'm okay with it. You guys want me to do my Shaquille O'Neal impression now? No. no. Sure. Yeah, go. You're going to do it anyway, so go ahead. Yeah, that's what I figured. You're going to do it You got two no's anyway. and a yes? So yeah, it's tied at 2-2, two, two, really, because you know I want to do it. Just go for it. You know? All right, here it goes. You ready? Yo, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. You know, Mark, he's a reality TV show. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, and, uh, he got good grades. And uh, I, I, I didn't even know. What do you think about Why that? Why do you make him 89 years old, though? I don't understand. Just, that's just kind of the way I hear it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when I'm watching. Yeah. When I'm wa- I don't all hear I it really, at all. Actually. All I hear. All I hear Shaq say when he's talking on TNT is, Chuck. Yeah. Hey, Chuck. Yeah. Hey, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. All All right. Well, listen. Coming up next. (laughs) Coming up next. There's league executives around the NBA that think firing Frank Vogel would be a huge mistake. We'll get to that. And we actually have a cool Shaq story that John Ireland just notified me about. And it involves the Stevie Wonder conversation we were having earlier. We're going to tie it all together in our last segment before we turn it over to uh, Sliwa and Michael for the pregame for tonight, Lakers and Pacers game. All right, all coming up in just a moment. Stick around. We're back in two and a half minutes. Ah, Taylor Dane. Dude. Very popular song in the 80s. You don't even understand. When Chris just says that I had the cassette, I'll throw you one better. You ready for this? You had the CD? No. A-Track? No, 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 no. You're going to love this. Cause single, no sir, but very close. I saw Taylor Dane oh. the night before what was supposed to be the Holiday Bowl. So UCLA was getting ready for the Holiday Bowl. I'm down in San Diego, kind of part of all the festivities, the battle of the bands and whatever. It's freezing. It's raining. The UCLA cheerleaders are standing there in their little tops with their not arms aren't covered, their midriffs not covered. They're wearing short skirts. The cheerleaders are out there giving it everything they got. And the next day, the UCLA football team canceled the Holiday Bowl. But the night before, Taylor Dane performed with, like, Flock of Seagulls and, so, and like, English Beat. I and, love Flock of Seagulls. I yeah, ran. Dude. I ran so far away. Right. And so, t- yeah. and, But Taylor Dane crushed it. Yeah. You know? Of course she would. You surprised? No, she was just – she was so good. And I was like, once I saw Taylor Dane, because she opened the whole show, I was like, I don't need to see Flock of Seagulls. We bailed. Oh, okay. It's too cold and rainy. Yeah. Weird thing happened is we went to a bar right nearby, and there were the flock of seagulls in the bar before the show. There you go. So So you saw them anyway. We hung out with them. Yeah. Yeah. Hung hung out and drank beers with them. Did you tell them? Did you lie to them and say you stuck around to watch them? No. I told them. I go, yo, I saw Taylor Dane. I'm good. No, you didn't. Well, I mean, they were like, why aren't you back out there? I'm like, dude, it's too cold. It's too wet. Forget about it. Yeah. And you know what the guy told me? The flock of seagull guy? He said, we have a clause in our contract that we may not have to perform in this sort of weather. I'm like, get out there. You got one. You song. won't be out there, but you want them to be out right. there. Right, I can see and hear it from here. You guys get out there and do your thing. 
you know. Flock. <laughs> Flock. Flock you, all right? <laughs> Flock of seagulls. Um, so anyway, Laura got real scared when I said that. Right. Um, <laughs> real quick. So we were talking earlier. I don't know how we got. Oh, Stevie Wonder, because it yeah. was the uh, he was there was an anniversary for Stevie Wonder. Oh, the Ho- Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I mentioned the story that Bomani Jones told me once about how he believes Stevie can see more than he lets on. And then he had sent me this video of Stevie Wonder. And it was like at some gala where it was him performing with a bunch of different people on stage, a bunch of like different famous uh, musicians. And like a mic stand was falling and Stevie caught it with his right hand mm-hmm. and like just kept going. Like didn't even like didn't even like blink, I guess. Well, we had the glasses on. so we don't even blink. <laughs> But you, you get my point. Didn't even flinch. How about that? That's a better way to describe it. Didn't even flinch. Right. Um so, you know, I made the joke with Keyshawn and LZ back in those days that, hey, man, Stevie can maybe able to see more than you think. And they were, like, mad, and the audience was mad at me. So Ireland texted me and said, Stevie can see. Google Shaq's YouTube talking about Stevie. He told the whole story on TNT. So we found the story. Uh, before we get to Frank Vogel and all that stuff, Lauda, play this the Shaq sound. I got to see him in concert one time, though. I saw him in Atlanta a couple yeah. of years and ago. you know, you can never go wrong with Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. Right. Give me a Stevie Wonder song. Let me hear one Frankie right Beverly. Wait, there's a million of them. Oh, we're singing. Let me hear it. I can't sing without well, the words, fool. Something. <laughs> I, hum it. Uh, that's going to get you. That's going to get you going. Ernie, I would tell you Stevie Wonder story, but you're not going to believe me. Come on, man. No, I, 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 I know. I know no. the story. He's got to tell it. I wouldn't He's believe it. He's got to tell it, Ernie. It's a true story. <laughs> it's, it's a true it's story. Really, so, according to Shaq, we lived in a building on Wilshire. <laughs> So you park your car under the ballets down there. So I'm already in the building. I'm coming through the lobby. Door open. This TV wonder. He comes in, says, "What's up, Shaq?" <laughs> Presses the button. Oh, it's true story. Presses the button. Gets off on the floor. Buys stuff. Goes to his room. I went and called every person I knew and told the story. They believe me. Wow. Yes. That's the story. He's sticking. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. telling you what happened. Gotta tell the story. <laughs> I was cool. like, <laughs> you were so good. Even Stevie could see you. <laughs> 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 so there you go. Shaq says Stevie can see too. Hey, Stevie wanted. It's true. God, what? you make him sound like he's like a hundred years old. No, man. Doesn't hey, sound any. Doesn't sound yeah. anything like Shaq. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Chuck, it's true. Stevie wanted. That's my oh, Shaq. It's pretty yeah, good. No, it's it's awful. Awful. Like, it gets worse every progress. time you do it. Like worse. Because you, you keep making me feel like I'm making him sound too old. I don't think so. But I'm working the, on it. It's a work in it, progress. It, it, it sounds like it's literally like Shaq is on a rocking chair. Well, I'm working on a Sean McVay one for you, too. Sean McVay is kind of like just Gruden, but a little more grovelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working yeah. on a McVay. Yeah. Hey, so real so quick. Far. Yeah. No, no, don't yet. Don't do yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to um, unveil it yet. This, yeah, work okay. on it a little more, please. Hopefully it's not like the Shaq one. All right, this portion of the show is presented by Alignment Health Plan, changing healthcare one person at a time. Hey, real quick, so this story, uh, Linz, where'd you find this story about the league executives on Vogel? Uh, it's uh, Eric Pincus from Bleacher Report. Oh, Eric Pincus. Yeah, he's covered the Lakers for a very long time uh, at Bleacher Report. Uh, he said, this is what a league executive said about firing Frank Vogel. He thought it would be a big mistake. Quote, I do not understand how this – is Vogel's fault, one former Western Conference executive said. It's garbage. They're probably a high lottery team without him. An Eastern Conference executive added, that's not going to solve anything. Um, like, high lottery team seems a li- little ridiculous to me. 
Um, but here's the thing. You know what I think they're missing here a little bit, Kaplan? And I know Come we on. only have a few minutes. Is that Frank is a good coach. You and I have talked about this at nauseum, no doubt. But he, here's what I think that they did a disservice with him, the staff. I think, you know, they've got one guy in David Fisdale who's been a former coach and a great lead assistant before. You know, Phil Handy's a good coach. Like, you know, he, he's good with the players and whatnot. And I think, you know, before the game, he's good with the players. But he doesn't have, like, lead assistant experience, right? Um, and he certainly has never called plays before. Um, so they don't have, like, a deep bench on the bench. Remember, in previous years, they had Jason Kidd. They had Lionel Hollins. Right? Like, you're talking about uh, guys with real, real experience. Um, and even a guy like, forget about just the coaching staff. You're talking about a guy who was basically a player coach in Jared Dudley, who, by the way, Jason Kidd took with him to Dallas. That I mean, exactly he was. exactly the name I was coming with. It's exactly I mean, the, the name. When you count all those guys that left yep. that bench, I, I think that that stuff, people don't think about those little things, uh, Cap, but those little things matter, man. Oh, listen, George, I, I thought Jared Dudley, if he wasn't going to return as a player and he was going to retire, that he absolutely should have been added to this coaching staff. I'm not saying it's going to make a huge difference as to where they are today at 2022 and 22. But, you know, George, it's interesting how and I don't know if I've ever seen it quite like this. I would say like 99 out of 100 people. And I, I'm probably exaggerating here, but nobody thinks Frank Vogel should be fired. Nobody thinks Frank Vogel should be the guy that's taking the blame right now. I was looking at LakersNation.com. They, they had a, a or no, it wasn't Lakers Nation, it was SilverScreenAndRoll.com. They had a poll. Should the Lakers fire Frank Vogel? 78.9% said no. 21.1% said yes. How about that, George? Yeah, I mean, I get it, man. Like, I, I don't think there's anywhere near. Like, here's the thing, and, and here's what I would say. If you're. Let's just take Rob Palinka, okay? If you're Rob Palinka, do you want to fire Frank Vogel? Because then what happens is this. You know who gets all the blame after that? Well, the guy who gets all the blame, all the blame after right that. Now. If you fire right. if you fire Frank Vogel, who's basically your shield uh, at the moment, right? Like he's right. the guy taking all the heat. Yep. Although that's been changing uh, obviously. Who gets all the heat if he gets fired? Who's next? That's right. You got it. The GM, that's right. He should be taking Correct. the heat now. He should be taking it now more so. Right, but again, like if anything, just for self-preservation, you shouldn't fire Frank Vogel is what right. I would say. Right, and they got to win tonight. Indiana's terrible. They got to win. Yeah, and the Indiana's not only terrible, but they're also bad in clutch games. So if it's a close game, the Lakers should win. Kaplan, excellent work as always. Back to you, brother. Great job, Lindsay and Laura. The pregame show with Michael and Slee was next.